Thank you, Pastor Matt, so much. I want to invite our pastors to join me on the stage right now. Can we give a warm round of applause like you're so excited to see your pastors up on this stage? And uh, I want to take a, a moment to introduce them. I'm, I was betting that they're going to sit in the exact same seats that they did for first service, but now that I said it, they're going to change it up. All right. That's what I like. I like to hear. Well, I still need a middle seat somewhere. Okay. Thank you. All right. So let me introduce our pastors to you. If you don't know all of our pastors, would want you to definitely know them. First off, we have the, uh, the, the, elder, the elder statesman. Elder statesman. Okay. Um, <laughs> precious. He's precious. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is Pastor Mike Sabella. Pastor Mike has actually been working for Family Life Church for over 32 years. Really great guy. Glad that he's part of our team. Then we have Pastor Paul Diaz. If you ever see it, you might be tempted to say Diaz, but you'd be wrong. It is Diaz. Pastor Paul is our worship pastor. You see him on Sunday mornings. He leads our worship team. And we have Pastor Jessica. I know you were like, uh, wait a minute, she's not one of our pastors. But if you don't know this, Jess is actually an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. We don't have her on our pastoral staff, but for today's purposes, she is Pastor Jess. There you go. And we have Pastor Tyler, who is our children's ministry lead man, main man director. All the kids out there, I want to hear your applause and excitement for Pastor Tyler. All right, all right. Okay, and this is Pastor Matt. He is our youth pastor. I will not ask for excitement from the teens because we all know how that's going to go. But we love you and appreciate you so much and are glad that you're part of, of our team. So today we've been talking about uh, this idea of practical faith at home. And this is what we really want to dive into right now here in this panel discussion what does it look like to practice our faith outside of our time at church, in our homes, in our families? And I wanted to read this scripture for you. We actually went to this in our sword drill, uh, but this is Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 6 through 9 to kind of just set the tone for us right here. This is what it says. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. God is giving the Israelites this command. I'm entering into a covenant with you, and I want you to take it so seriously that it becomes a part of your everyday lives. Tell your kids about it. Talk about it when you get up. Tell your neighbors about it, your friends, your co-workers. Tell everybody about it, because if we don't, then this just fizzles out over time. But as we continue to share, we get to see God do awesome things. So we're going to have everybody up here share for just a few moments here. We, we did have some people go over on time last time, that, that, but that's okay. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't Jess. No, I, I looked at her first, but it wasn't her. So really would love to just hear from them and, and kind of get started. I'm going to mix up the order a little bit. I know we did it one way in first service, but we're going to mix it up a little bit here. Uh, so I want to start with Pastor Paul, uh, who is our, our worship pastor. And here's the thing. Worship is not just something that we do and as a segment on Sunday mornings. And I'd love for Pastor Paul to just speak to that. What does that look like to worship in our personal lives, in our homes, uh, just everyday life? 
So, so really what we're talking about is what does worship look like when we leave church? Yeah. Um, and, it, and I think for, for all of us, you know, um, worship is really a discipline. Like it's, it's kind of like reading your Bible. It's kind of like, you know, praying, um, listening to music is, is kind of a part of worship that we can all kind of, you know, do a little bit more and, and kind of have ways that we can intentionally do it, you know, make it a part of our devotion, make it a part of, you know, turning on Caleb when we're driving down the street or just kind of listening, you know, for music. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm constantly listening to worship songs. And, and to be honest with you, a lot of times I'm listening just to think, oh, man, would this work for our congregation? But, you know, there's times where I just have to stop doing that and really just listen to the song that I'm that I'm hearing and, and really pay attention to the lyrics. That's that's one thing I said in the, in the first service. I'll reiterate it here. You know, listen to the lyrics. The lyrics are really the song, you know, what the yeah. song is saying. Um, you can wrap up anything and, and put it into a tune, but the lyrics are the song. Listen for songs that praise God. Listen for songs that worship God. And do what you can to make that a part of your everyday life. That way, when we come back in here on Sunday mornings, you know, when we're listening to these songs, they're not foreign to us. And we're just kind of geared and ready to start singing again. And so there's, like, there's so many different ways you can go about it. There's YouTube. There's, you know, apps that you can use. And, you know, different things that you can just add into your life. And, and God will bless you as you, you know, make that a part of your discipline. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's, that's really great. And I love to, I mean, worship is something that we do from our hearts. And something Pastor Paul and I were talking about this morning is just this reality that, if you don't worship outside of church, when you get into a church service, worship feels very distant and, and honestly just kind of cringy. Like, oh, I, I haven't worshiped or I haven't been connecting with the Lord and now it's hard for me to connect in this moment. Um, but there are great resources out there. How many of you listen to K-Love? Quite a few of you. So if you've never listened to K-Love before, um, love to introduce it to you. We don't get a paid sponsorship. I tried. They said no. Um, but... Here's what it is. K-Love is a Christian radio station that is in the Shenango Valley. You can get it on uh, 101.9 or 107.1. You can get it on a free app that you can download to your phone to stream. And every year, this time of year, they do what they call the K-Love 30-Day Challenge. And that is that they challenge everybody, listen to only K-Love for the next 30 days and see what it does for your relationship with Jesus. And see how it changes you. See how it transforms you. So I would really encourage you in that. You know, we have so many resources available today that, I mean, I'm not super old, but when I was a kid, there were no Christian radio stations even. And, and so now that we have radio stations, we have apps. I mean, you if you use Spotify or Pandora or Amazon Prime or uh, Apple Music, whatever you use for music, there are things you can use to get worship music. Uh, but the real thing is this, it's, it's a choice, right? You make a decision to say, I'm going to immerse myself in worship. And doing that is going, to, is going to change my relationship with Jesus. So yeah, that's really great. All right, I want to go, we'll go next over here. Pastor Mike, share with us. You know, Pastor Mike, he calls himself the old man. All right, so I'm, I'm just quoting him, okay? That's not my opinion. That does not represent the opinions of Chris Massey. <laughs> I'll get emails. If you are frustrated with me about something I say, my email, Mike at myfamilylife.church. Um, but Pastor Mike, just share with us, you know, the season of life that you're in, you've raised your kids, you've got grandkids now. What, what does practical faith at home look like for you? Yes, I am the old man here. <laughs> but in reality, what we had decided when Kathy and I got married, when we had children, that we made sure that they knew about the Lord at home. 
We taught them. We shared with them. We also told them a very important thing, that no matter what they are going through, no matter where they're at in life, no matter what they've done, that they can come to us, talk to us. We'll look at the Bible, see what the Word of God says about it, and teach through that. And I know for a fact that my children are doing the same thing. Uh, my, we have two grandchildren with my oldest boy. My youngest is having, uh, going to be having a baby in June, so they're not in that practical mode yet. But I know that what was taught in our home is also being taught in their home. Yeah. It's so important that we start from the foundation with the children and let them know. Because you, you know as well as I know, out in the world, they're not going to be helping them at all in, in their faith. Only through our homes where it starts. And then it's reinforced here at the church. So our children are teaching our grandchildren. And our grandchildren, um, we can just ask them straight up, like if I go over to their house today after, after church, I'm going to ask them, well, what did they learn? Well, they'll be able to tell me exactly what they learned because they pay attention. They, they know what they've learned. They know the memory verses that they've learned. They tell us what is going on. In fact, my granddaughter, she is one who is very detailed. <laughs> now, I think, I don't know, most ladies are that way. I think we, the guys look at the headlines, the ladies look at the story. <laughs> but hey, she will tell me in detail the whole story that happened during uh, Sunday school class and, and go from there. But as far as elder, as far as our older children, we have a relationship with them that, again, they can tell us anything. We, we work with them. I know that, uh, I know sometimes when, when uh, Matthew's coming home from school and he's had a rough time with the, the special needs children, and especially the special needs moms and dads, that's, that's a big thing. Uh, we talk about it, we pray about it, and we, we just go back and forth on what, what's going on. And then my son, who is also, the older boy is in uh, ministry, and he's a chaplain. We talk about things of that nature. And, and go through what he's going through in through the ministering to those uh, in in, de in that type of care, as far as uh, he's end of life type of care. And I know, as far as they are concerned, that they have a savior that will take care of them. Yeah, yeah. And that was instilled when they were very young. That's good. And they have to continue instilling to the next generation yeah yeah that's great yeah and, and i think it's so important too and we we talked about this a little bit in first service as well um you know maybe for some of you in here you don't have grandparents grandchildren that live close by uh we have an amazing ministry uh, called our classics ministry here in the church it's for those who are 50 years and older if you're 50 or older raise your hand Loud and proud. There it is. Beautiful. Um, you know, so we have, a, we have a great ministry for those who are 50 and older. It's led uh, by right here in front of me, Kevin and Kim Bertaki, uh, you know, and really love that ministry. But here's the reality. Um, there is something to the legacy of faith that one generation passes to the next. And, and I just really want to encourage you, even if you don't have grandkids that are in this church, you can be a spiritual grandparent to the kids that are in this church. And you can be a spiritual parent as well because, you know, for those of you who, like Pastor Mike, you raised your kids, right? You made it. We're, you know, some of us are in that, am I gonna make it, all right? I'm living there right now. Pastor Mike, you know, some of you guys, we made it. We raised our kids. 
There is nothing more important than your encouragement to some of those younger families. When you see those parents struggling, you know, hey, this is a tough season, but you're going to make it through. Keep praying for your kids. Keep loving on your kids. You know, when you see one of the kids coming out of Life, uh, Life Kids on a Sunday morning, they learn a faith fact every week. And you can easily go up to them and engage with them on that one question. Hey, what was your faith fact this week? And, and you know what? Just encourage them. Hey, that's awesome. I love to live my life that way too. That's important. Keep doing a good job. It is so crucial, and, and that's why we love to encompass every element and every generation of our church, because we need each other. So I, I love that. Thank you so much, Pastor Mike. Pastor Jess. There you go. There's a microphone. So we were talking about this this week in preparation for this service, and Pastor Tyler actually brought up something that I thought was a really good point, so kudos to Pastor Tyler here. I won't say it was my idea, and just take the credit. Uh, so it was my idea that we would... Um, <laughs> that sitting on the stage, if, if we did this on a Sunday morning, it would just be five guys' burgers and fries up here, all right? And, and Pastor Tyler said, well, what about the ladies of our church? Because we really can't speak into what it's like to be a mother or a, or a wife or, or even a woman of God. And so I wanted to invite Jess up to just share practically, you know, from the perspective of what it's like to be a working mother with children, you know, a wife to an amazing husband, what is it... What, And you have a very humble husband. Um, what, what does, we turn your mic off, whatever you were about to say there. <laughs> what does practical faith look like in this season of life for our ladies who are, are kind of in that place? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I'm going to say, I feel like I was underrepresented in the first service, so I'm going to settle in and really take my time. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Um, all right. Ladies. I want to give you one piece, um, just one piece of practical advice, and that is use the time you have. Use the time you have. I know that ideally I would love to wake up in the morning. I would love if my house was quiet. I would love if I could come down and get a cup of coffee and sit at my dining room table and spend some time with Jesus in the Word, in my devotional time. We are talking about practical faith at home. In my home, that is not practical. That is not happening in my home. I wish it was. I'm never going to stop trying. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm never going to stop trying to get there. But until I get to that season of life where that's practical and feasible for me, I'm going to use the time I have. So if you have a 20-minute commute to work, use it to talk to the Lord. Use it to have worship time. Use it to listen to a sermon or listen to scripture or listen to a podcast. If you have a mountain of laundry at your house, like I have Praise at my the Lord. House, Praise you the Lord. You can be folding laundry while you're worshiping, while you're listening to scripture. Invite God into those moments. Invite God into, the, into your crazy, into your madness. Um, I am an introvert. I wish that every moment was a quiet moment. That's not realistic. That's not happening in our lives, right? So I just want to remind you that Jesus is king, not just in the quiet moments. Jesus is also king in your chaos. So whether you have young kids at home, whether you're a caretaker for your parents or a loved one, whether you're running teenagers all over creation to all kinds of sports events, Jesus is with you. He sees you. He knows that you're giving everything you have. And when you, when you use the time you have, he knows that you're using the time you have. So that's my encouragement to you. Um, don't keep guilt on yourself. Give yourself grace. Know that God sees you. He sees the season you're in. Use what you've got. That's all he's asking. Use what you've got. While we're here, if it's okay with you, 
I'm gonna talk to you about another age group because my friend Sarah and I, where's Sarah? Are you over there, Sarah, can you wave? My friend Sarah and I are privileged um, to help lead a young adults group here at FLC. Um, it's called One Life. If you're in the age bracket of 18 to 24, you can meet us right out in the cafe on Thursday nights at seven o'clock. We'd love to see you there. Um, so I wanna talk about, is that okay? Do you mind? I mean, you're starting now. I did, I did. I told you I was settled in. I'm settled in this service. Yeah, Train pulled out of the station. Let's, okay. let's go. Um, so to all of my friends out there who are 18 to 24 years old, this is a crazy season for you. It's like a whirlwind season. You are changing roles and adding roles to who you are as an individual so much in this season of life. You go from being a high school student to maybe now you're an academic, maybe you're in college, maybe you're stepping into the workforce. Your relationships are getting more serious. Maybe now you're in a committed relationship. Maybe now you're married. Maybe now you have a couple kids. When I was 24, I had three children, right? So you could be living at home at mom and dad's or you could be, you know, living the grown-up life with kids at home. You could be anywhere in between. So here's my encouragement to you. And again, I tried to just really narrow it down as, as succinctly as I can. Make Jesus your non-negotiable. Make Jesus your non-negotiable. So many things are changing for you in this period of your life. You, you are turning in to the person God is creating you to be. There are going to be so many changes. It's going to be so transitional and crazy. Jesus has to be your non-negotiable. So in good. everything that you're doing, cling to the Lord. If your old friend group from high school is leading you down a bad path, I'm sorry. Bye, Felicia. Like, you got to go. Jesus is my non-negotiable. Jesus is my non-negotiable. If your name is Felicia, we don't mean any disrespect to you. you. Okay, just please stay. <laughs> so one way that I think you make Jesus your non-negotiable is just, guys, go to church. If you're going to school somewhere else, research, find a church near where your college is. Find Christian groups on campus. Get your people. Community is so important. That's for ladies. That's for young adults. That's for all of us. Community is so important. You need to find your people so that you can stand strong. When you have doubts, when you have struggles, when you are going through hard times, you need to have people around you. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm actually sorry we cut that out in the first segment. So yeah, you should be sorry. I'm sorry. I said it was my public apology. You guys are my witnesses. I said sorry first. <laughs> um, and no, and it, it is really good. And I know, you know, statistically we look at, especially for young adults, uh, the reality is that those who get themselves quickly into faith community after high school are the ones who sustain relationship with Jesus into their adult years. Where you fall off is when you don't have that available. And it is actually, there are more and more even secular campuses that now have student ministries. And so if you have a, a, a person in your life that's in that age group, encourage them. Ask them that question. Hey, does your campus have any kind of campus ministries? Could you get involved in that in some way? Um, if they live here locally, let them know about uh, One Life. And ladies, one of the things I wanted to say to you, and I, and I love this that I've seen in scripture. Uh, it was something I saw on the internet probably two or three years ago, but I really, really love it. Whenever we see uh, men encountering God in scripture, 
It's always this high, big moment. God calls them to go climb a mountain, to go out into the wilderness, to go into a cave. And it's just this big, special moment. But then we also see in Scripture that when God is connecting with women, He goes to them where they are. He meets the woman at the well. Like, she's just living her life and doing her thing. And, and he, he goes to her and meets her right there in that place and doesn't say, hey, go climb a mountain and meet me, uh, like He does to Moses uh, or Elisha or Elijah. This is such a gift, and I, and I just encourage you. Obviously, yes, the mountaintop moments are awesome, right? Don't we all want a quiet moment on the mountain where it's just us and the Lord? But, but what a great word as well. Uh, you know, ladies, the Lord will meet you where you are. And imagine the kind of revival we could have if you spent all of your laundry time in prayer. Wow. Yeah, wouldn't that, I mean, that could revolutionize the world. And, and if you add dish duty into that, I mean, we are going to see a great and mighty move of the Lord happening across our families, right? Uh, but thank you so much. Um, and then I'd love to uh, finish with our, our ministry to our children and youth. And guys, this is something that is so crucial. And I wanted to save this kind of, I don't want to say the best for last, but the, the big element here is that we as parents have a, a small window of time in which we have the greatest level of influence in the lives of our children and our teens. And so if you've been kind of tuning out, can I ask you to perk up your ears again and just listen in? Because uh, there's some really great things. So Pastor Tyler, yeah. can you just tell us, like, for our parents of children, uh, for the kids in the room, what are some practical ways that we can be living faith at home and, and doing that in, 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 as a family? Yeah, first of all, i got to say, when you made the laundry comment, my wife was looking at you. So I feel like I have to work on my prayer life when I get home. Oh, I'm going to do the laundry when I get home. That's what I it's the first that. time for yeah, everything, yeah, Sandy. Yeah, yeah. First time. Yeah, <laughs> Remind me of that. Remind me of that. Uh, you know, we, we have the honor of partnering with you. As parents, you are the main disciples of your children, and we as the church, we get to come alongside, reinforce what you're teaching, and like when they hear it twice, it's amazing how they will learn. Yes. And you know, on Sundays, I love it. My kids, uh, TJ and Summer, they're in the pre-K room right now, and I ask them, what did you learn? Summer always goes, Jesus, right? <laughs> and you're like, you're not wrong. Like, yes, Jesus. And TJ will try to be goofy, and he says, I don't know, right? And, you know, as a parent, we can stop right there and that be the done. Or what we can do is we can invest in them and say, hey, tell me more and ask questions. Because, you know, after Sunday, I'm tired. And when they say, like, I don't know, I could be like, okay, good. Sounds like it was a great day. Or I could know my job as a parent and say, hey, tell me, what did Miss Kim talk about? What was the Bible story? And when I do that, TJ then is like, oh, can I tell you the scripture verse? Oh, guess who we learned about in the Bible? And it's all coming back and he remembers. So as parents, it's our job to know how important it is to ask more than one question, to really show, hey, I'm interested about your day. And parents, we want to come alongside of you and partner, if I can get this. And for our toddler and pre-K, I'm sorry it's folded, we give you a parent resource paper of what you can do. And I actually want Pastor Matt to share for 20 seconds because he does something incredible with Miles, which I think is so good. So 20 seconds. Ready, go. go. I don't even know if I have time after what Jess and Tyler have shared, so I'll keep it short. Um, but no, I think it's really good because... Um, what you said is so good. What the what you you've given to us as parents is what's called like the parent cue. And so there's something for every part of the day to do with your child. Like there's 
waking up, there's bath time and things like that. And I love that because I've done with, like, I've acted out, and it's all right there, acted out different Bible stories in the bathtub with my son, with different, like, bath toys. And he gets it, sings songs with him, and I mean, Miles loves music right now. But so there's all these just very practical and applicable things. And I loved what Pastor Mike, you said. You said you started this as a child, and now when your children are adults, you can have the same level of spiritual conversation with them. That's what I want to get to as a parent. That's what it's all about. That's awesome. Thank you, Pastor Matt. And the same thing for the elementary. We have this right here, and it shows you what Bible story we learned, the takeaway, the faith fact. And so what this does, this gives you a resource where you can talk in the car, but I encourage you to not just do it on Sundays. Talk about this on Monday and Wednesdays and Thursdays and help them. And when you start to have these conversations, it opens up a door in your family. And a great question you can even ask today in the car, no matter what your age, ask your kid, how is your devotional life? Do you spend time with Jesus? And then after you ask them that, tell them about your devotional life. Mm. Say, do you know what I've been reading? Do you know what I've been learning? And I want, want to encourage you. If the answer is I don't have one, share that with your family. No better accountability to share with your family. Tell them where you are. Because guess what? I encourage you with your kids, read the physical Bible in your house. Yeah. I know there's a lot of apps on the phone and that's mm-hmm. great, but when you're on your phone, you could be reading and having a great time with your Jesus and your kids don't know if you're on Facebook or watching the Steelers lose, right? Uh, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Don't tone me out, don't tone me out. Hear me out. I said okay. the Cowboys when I prayed about it. Um, <laughs> you know, they will see you reading your Bible. So have that conversation. And I also encourage you, pray for the future of your children right now. Mm-hmm. Do you know right now, for my daughter, we are praying for her to be a woman of God. We are praying for her husband, mm-hmm. which I hope is not 30, 40, 50 years from now. But we're praying for that. We're praying for the future of our kids right now. And the last thing I want to leave you with is what name is mentioned most in your house right now? Is it a sports player? Is it a politician? What is it? Because guess what? In all of our houses, it should be the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Each morning, we should be saying, hey, TJ, what are you thankful for? What has Jesus done in your life? I want Jesus' name to be mentioned the most in my house because out of everything we talk about, I want to talk about Jesus, the Bible, and how much he loves us the most. But parents, I think, and I have to remind myself all the time, I have to take that step to defeat, I'm tired, Uh, it's too late for this, I have to defeat that step and say the most important thing is my relationship with Jesus and my kids' relationship with Jesus. And as a parent, I am there to guide them and help them so they can know what is right. And one final quote, Brian Dollar said this. He said, if you show them what is right, they will know what is wrong. As your kids get older in elementary and they're hearing all these things from the world, the world shouting at them, if you point them to God's word, they will see what is right and they will know what is wrong. So that's what I want to leave. That's great. Awesome. And and I guess just to relieve the tension, are we okay if Pastor Matt takes a couple minutes here? You're okay with it? Like, we're not, you're not going to throw cabbage? You're not going to throw cabbage at him if he takes more than 96 seconds? Two people are saying yes. Okay, we'll block it. We'll block it. Jess, actually, can I take Sometimes. Okay, thank you. I just want to, I just want to clear with you. All right, that was, that was the only person. Uh, but 
smart I, man. <laughs> I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about teenagers and parenting teenagers. And so it's interesting because teenage culture right now is moving faster than it has ever been. And teenage culture has always moved fast, but but like let's take it back for a second. In like the 60s and the 70s, your main influencer was your grandparents. You know, in the 80s, it was your parents. And then in the 90s, it became things like MTV or um, maybe like an older sibling or something like that. But today, you get to decide your influencer. And that's the thing about teenage culture. And it's so funny that like, People who are famous on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, they're called influencers. I think that's so funny because that's exactly what they are doing. They're influencing the teenage generation. They're influencing everybody. So it's so interesting because we today get to choose our influencers or teenagers get to choose their influencers. So the angle for parents, I think I've seen parents like try to kind of mute the the noise to a certain extent. And sometimes and I think there are things in this world that do need to be muted. But it's almost like we have to equip our teenagers to handle and and navigate this world by themselves. So our our angle is almost like a different approach now. And so the, the main vehicle, the main bridge that you need to walk on as a parent right now if you're parenting teenagers is conversation. That's the most important part of parenting teenagers is conversation. Yeah. It's the bridge that w you get to walk on. It's so that teenagers can, can know where you're at and so that they can navigate themselves what is best for them. So I think it's so interesting because uh, it, it's, it's, so, it's so hard for teenagers right now. I mean, I even think back, like when I, I had a cell phone when I was in seventh grade and I could turn my cell phone off and that was it. Like when I got home from school, like, and my phone was off, there was nobody bothering me. Like it was, that was it. Now, the pressures of school and life, they don't stop. They never stop. And it's so interesting because the teenagers put themselves out there on the internet and literally the world, the entire world can comment on them. Mm -hmm. That is so much pressure and potentially anxiety inducing. So your role as a parent is to take your child and then help them to navigate these things. They're hard. And honestly, some of the pressures, and they're actually too much for that, that age group, that psychological age group to, to, to fully process. Yeah. So you're helping them to fully process at an age specific level, these types of things. And I'm not saying like, uh, you know, I'm not saying like, Everything has to be a conversation. Like you can't say just because I said so. Sometimes as parenting, you need to say that. Like that, that, is, that is absolutely necessary. But the way to help teenagers navigate life right now is through conversation. So I can still tell my teenagers because I said so? Uh, this, is a weird, this is a weird spot that you just put me in. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that is really good. It's so important and, and something that we have to understand. And I'm not saying this from a place of like, hey, I do this perfectly, so do it like me. Um, conversation is not talking to your children. It's talking with your children. Yeah. And, and there is a temptation very often. And that's one thing with Gen Z and now Gen Alpha that's coming up behind them. They will completely turn you off if they don't feel like they have an equal input into the conversation. If you're just talking at them, they're not listening. Yeah. 
Okay, if you want, you've got to ask probing questions. You've got to be a part of that. And again, I'm not saying that like, man, I do that perfect. And you're probably like, I bet Pastor Chris's kids are like, my father just is so amazing. Don't ask them because I don't want them to tell you the real answer. Okay. (laughs) However, however, it is something for us to really consider and strive for because it's very different. If you're like a millennial raising teenagers, it's very different from how we were raised. I mean, I, Jess and I say all the time, I was not permitted to question my parents. That was not permitted. You do not question what mom and dad say. That is not what this culture is growing up in. They are being told by influencers nonstop, question everything. Question everything. So you've got to be willing to have a conversation to, to lead them to the right place. Um, and all of this too, whether it's with kids or, or adults or whatever, reinforce, 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 reinforce. Because it's one thing if I say it, it's one thing if Pastor Matt says it, it's one thing if Pastor Mike says it, but when we're all saying it, it changes things. And that is so important. Yeah. What I want to say is we also, as parents, they have to know the children that we're real. Yeah. What I mean by that is they know that we make mistakes and we have to, we have to own up to that. Hmm. We have to be real. We have to share, share with them that, yes, I've made a mistake. I ask for your forgiveness and also ask God's forgiveness. Yeah. It's highly important that they realize who you are and also that we are real people and we do make mistakes. Yeah, that's, that's really good. good. Really good. So, again, just be encouraged in this. And I want to leave you with one final encouragement, one encouraging number. It's the number 80, okay? You remember the number 80? Is that easy? All right. Here's what 80 represents. of children who grow up in Protestant evangelical homes continue in the faith of their parents, right? But it has to be the faith of their parents, okay? It's not like we go to church a couple times a year. That's not practical faith at home. That's, I go to church a couple times a year. But if you are living that out every day at home, it begins to make an impact on that next generation. And statistics across the board say the number one thing that will lead your kids into relationship with Jesus is your passionate, fire-filled relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You want to lead them? Maybe you're like, well, I don't know how to lead them in a Bible study and a prayer meeting and a worship service and all that stuff. Lead them by chasing after Jesus with all you've got, and they're going to see that, respect it, and want to follow in, in those footsteps. Pastors, thank you so much. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank you for all that you've shared.